and here we are. This is you're not going to know. This is like the third attempt at recording episode 13. We are certainly cursed with this particular episode. No doubt it's the Council of 13 themselves casting horrible curses and poxes on us. Um, we're not the Council of 13. We're, we are the Council of Three. Do you have um, to recycle that? Yeah, recycle. People don't know. People don't know. God, Rob, you're ruining it. Ruining it. I'm, of course, am Matt Lyons. Um, so episode 13 of the Pro Painted Podcast. Um, obviously, Rob jumped in there. How are you, Rob? You all right? I'm good, thank you. Thank you very much. At least you don't have to uh, listen to my embarrassing retelling of you not meeting the pro, uh, the uh, two peas in the podcast guys at Curtin's event. Oh, God. Yeah, to stop referencing stuff in a podcast. <laughs> that we're, we haven't recorded. Stop it. Um, and also joined by Ian. You can hear him giggling away in the background. <laughs> Hi Matt, you're right. Yeah, I'm I'm very good, mate. Right, so I've checked, it's recording this time. Oh god, the joy, the joys of podcasting, eh? Right, let's get straight into it. So this episode, no mucking about, AOS two is out, we're gonna be talking about it. We've got listener questions that are gonna address that as well. Um give our sponsors a shout out. So as always, we've got Curtain Games, so K I R T O N hyphen games uh Um they've got two events coming up which I'll encourage you to go to. Um they are both uh, weirdly at 13 tickets each they've got a doubles event in October and their first AOS 2 event in September which I am signed up for both of those you get to see my sexy self if you go um, so do check out those events they will also be doing a super secret special deal for podcast listeners of one of every new AOS release when that is confirmed along with pricing a heavily discounted rate so keep an eye open for that and I will of course be covering all the social media outlets with that um, we're also uh, um, sponsored by Mercia Miniatures, which, of course, Rob has shouted out. Uh, what was it you've seen from Mercia, Rob, that you like the look of? Big spiky crabs. Big spiky crabs. Yeah, they've done like a big spider crab style creature, uh, which uh, Rob thinks would be great as a kind of alternative uh, Leviathan. They're called Doms because it's an old school Blackson lol. Um, yeah, chuck, chuck, chuck a, a, what's it called, a, a thingy on the back of it, loads of elves all over it, happy days. Yeah, yeah. howder. Howder. Howder and howder. Howder. elves. Job, job done. Done, done and dusted um, yeah so they're they're keeping up with their monthly releases uh, loads of great releases again so do check them out uh, website is Mercia-Miniatures um, yeah so that's the sponsor so a little bit quicker than maybe we would normally do but I think it's the third attempt of recording this episode let's Let's just crack into it. Um, so what we were just quickly discussing um, was um, you've got some cons- we've been we've had the big reveal today about um, AOS 2. So we say big reveal, but this has been the one that kind of brings together a lot of threads uh, that have been kind of teased at since um, the Warhammer Fest reveal. Um, Rob, uh, sorry, Ian, you've kind of, you've hinted that you've got, you're a little bit off AOS at the moment because of something that's going on. What, what is it that's that's rankled you? Well, there's a couple of things, actually. Is the Coming out of Warhammer Fest is everything else that GW produced at the moment. Um, so what's piqued my interest is also the Adeptus to Titanicus game yep. and the Rogue Trader game, um, which I think is going to be later on in the year. Mm. So those are sort of like um, caught my eye in a kind of, you know, mistress-type manner. Um, <laughs> but also the with all the little snippets <laughs> of the rules that have um, been dropping on a daily basis, I'm kind of worried that for me as a very casual gamer, despite the fact I love the AOS aesthetic, the game might not be as um, 
accessible as it used to be mm. um, just because it's going to be more to remember and I will I forget things already and it's full pages yeah. so it's inevitable that I will forget more um, so it's very kind of weird it's like part of me is loving all the seeing all the new models because I do like everything um, but the other part of me is worried that I might not enjoy the game inside as much very in a torn at the moment very strange yeah, I don't... Uh, just, sorry, go on, Matt. No, go on. I was going to say, um, thinking about it, uh, obviously because we've had time to ponder this issue over the last three or so minutes, um, <laughs> going back to when... Because I, I, I remember you were in a very similar space before the General's Handbook came out, the original one, um, obviously with the, the not having points, and, and MoComp was great, and you know, obviously all the great work that did to sort of keep us list builders kind of and tournament goers and people like to, you know sort of put together these things and craft these lists together with with the points that they came out with but i remember at a point when we we, we sort of verged off didn't we and started playing a bit more 40k because yeah. there because there was a little bit more structure to it perhaps than aos had at the time and we were very sort of hinge okay well let's see what sort of general's handbook does um and then the sort of that the, those tournaments after that kind of got us sort of back into AOS and we haven't really looked back since. So do you think you're sort of approaching it with, you know, obviously you've gone from something that, you know, was very, very simple and list building was almost too simple in some instances uh, with the introduction of points and battle plans and all the rest of it. Do you think that that's that next step, you know, you can almost sort of take or leave the bits that you think are too complex maybe and just sort of play with the basic stuff? I think I probably will. To be honest, because yeah. it's, yeah. it's stuff that I've got it's not going to affect your enjoyment of the game, is it? Because we're not no, no, not at all. sort of cutting edge, not at all. Podium, one eye on the podium type players, are we? But I suspect a lot of the bolt-on stuff I'm just going to ignore. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think, gonna... I think, well, I think that's a good, you know. Whereas, I mean, I didn't play a lot of eighth, but it was kind of you couldn't really do that. I mean, you could not. I, mean, I remember you doing your Mingvitational thing with Chris on the on the Black Sun and adding on special weapons you didn't even know the rules to just to fill out your points. Um, yeah. And as, as Matt mentioned about the epic game that you and Carsey had at the Mingvitationals um, was, was something to behold. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it's um, AOS has almost been designed in the way that you know with narrative, with open, with match play, with all these extra bits and bobs and they've clearly stated that some of it is expansion sets that you know you have got a bit more freedom these days to just pick and choose what you do or don't want to to play you know and if that, you know if you're not using extra rules it means your opponent gets a bit of an easier ride when they're playing you then then so be it you know yeah i think that's the essentially when i'm just going to yeah see what um, it's no, it's no it chance to me. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, shut exactly. Up. Yeah, yeah. yeah but basically. I mean, I, you're, it's, it's, like, let's put it this way, and this is sort of like the point of the pod, of our podcast. Is it going to affect how awesome your daughter's cane army is going to end up looking? Um, doubt it. I'm too well, far. Go, I'm, I am too far gone into the project now to stop. Well, no, but you wouldn't so. stop it. It wouldn't stop you anyway, would it? That's that's my point. Is that well, why would it why would it affect? Certainly not going to affect, you know, I'm not, not sort of just chucking Bellacor in the bin because Arkham's got cheaper and it means I've got to pay more bloody models. 
Uh, yeah, well, you never know. We'll we'll I see. Think, it's kind of it's. I think it's got potentially is more chance of other things turning in my head. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I think that's slightly unfair because I think a big part of the hobby and what people produce is motivation. I think at any it, we it is very easy to, you know, kind of lose motivation or focus when when things change. And I, I think to me, what Ian's saying you tell he's is, a Nurgle player, can't you? <sighs> Doesn't like change. No, but that's but it. it I think. What Ian's saying is very valid, and it's what I'm hearing a lot from people, and not just from you know Ian's perspective of I don't play much. There's a lot of extra rules coming in. Even those you know people like me, I'm personally I'm, I'm pretty much fine. You know I'm quite happy with everything that's been done. But um, I, I understand that people are like, oh hold on, this is a big change. What about this? You know they have their armies, they've decided on their list, they've painted it, and they're like there's quite some quite dramatic changes, particularly with summoning, which which, which we'll come on to. Um, but I agree with Ian's concern where talking about the accessibility, I've got Jen, my wife, who plays AOS. She's a casual player, doesn't play regularly. She surprises me with her grasp of the main rules, but it is things like command traits and command abilities that she will forget because it's not right there in front of her. It is another book she has to look into and remember what something's called and remember to use it at the same time. So, I mean, my fears are alleviated by two things. First off, the um they've announced that the endless spells and the realm artifacts and rules that is an expansion so i think that is a that is a great way of doing it so i expect we'll have tournaments in the future because that's that's where i mostly play we'll use some of that maybe none of it um you know for more of a hardcore match play event and some might just go completely balls out on that so that's the malign sorcery expansion um which again we'll we'll cover these in more detail but just want to get the general thoughts across um and you know and i think with this drip feeding of core rule changes was a bad idea i think the faction focuses very good idea i think where they've announced things like summoning etc um really they should have just avoided that completely until this should have been the first initial kind of release for me um so i mean we've mentioned about them we've known we've known the teasers uh we've we've seen the stuff revealed at warhammer fest i'm still now still surprised by the amount of models we're getting in this box set i think it's it's bordering on this just i mean you know if you think last edition we had um so we had the um guy riding the dracoth I've got Vandas Hammerhand. It basically was Vandas, wasn't it? Tunis Liberators and some Retributors. Um, and some pros- was it Prosecutors? Prosecutors, yeah. prosecutors and Paladins. Yeah, and the, the Paladins, which was the Retributors. Um, so you've got three yeah. of those. So some of those weren't even complete units. Um, then you, you know, you look at the corn side, you have the Core Grath, you have the three characters, uh, Five Blood Warriors and uh, the 20 Blood Reavers, which are a bit more meaty. Then when you look, we get in this box set. I mean, Jesus. It's good. So, I mean, the Stormcast, so they've got the Lord Arcanum on the Griff Charger. So, you know, very similar to the model that's already been out in profile-wise, but that's a new character. Um, we've then got the Knight Encanter, which is, we've seen the War Scroll for that one. So that's one that can auto-stop auto spells, which is pretty amazing with the new 30-inch spell range. Um, they've got the Evocators, which are the um, the three kind of magic and dual sword wielding mentalists uh five castigators which are the ones with the exploding arrowheads they've got kind of like sideways cro- sideways crossbows um which makes it kind of makes sense uh, i think it's sequitors kind of it seems to be a new battle line unit strangely there's eight of those so i'll be interested to see whether that's two units of four or whether it's a unit of eight 
So yeah, not quite weird, sure. Maybe they're kind of slightly weaker Stormcast. I don't, I don't know. Um, and then we've got the Celestar Blister, which is just that war machine that fires lightning. Well, what do you want? So that, that in itself is pretty fucking good. And then you've got the Nine Haunt, which, again, doubles the amount of models you've got. More than doubles. So you've got the Knight of Shrouds, which has been the Malign Portents character, which is now mounted on Steed. Um, you got. I'm, I'm surprised by this. I didn't expect the Lord Executor to be in here, which is that awesome guy with the gallows over his head and the massive axe. Yeah. Um, you've then got another character, which you've got the Guardians of Souls, which is a uh, like a, a new caster for them. And you've got another character, which is a Spirit Torment. Well, it might not be a character. It could just be a solo kind of figure, maybe. Um, but it sounds quite cool. It even has the trower, power to trap um, Stormcast Eternals in its shackles. That's that's pretty legit. So, so the guy with the locks. Yes, yeah, he's yeah. dragging yeah, them along the floor. Yeah, it's cool. So you've got like all that. Him. Then you've got four Morgas Reapers, which are basically wraiths, uh, you know, guys with... Um, oh, sorry, no, they're, they're kind of got, like, horse heads. Um, and then you've got... Um, sorry, no, those are the ones with the scythes. They're like wraiths, as, as we know them now. And then you've got the Glaive Wraith Stalkers, which are the horse head style ones. And then you've got... And this is one of the things I really like about AOS at the moment. So we haven't just got, like, ghosts... You know, it's, we haven't just got like zombies or skeletons. We haven't got anything generic. We've got chain rasps. I think are really cool. So like shackled, shackled ghosts dragging their weapons yeah. and chains along the ground. So that's a hell of a lot of models in a starter set. So I'm interested what the pricing's like for it. I wonder if they push it above the hundred quid for this one. Because I think I think given the inclusion of what else is in the box, especially the um, core rule book, they've obviously done very similar to what he did with uh, the new 40k box set and have a bit Dark more of a. Aquarium, isn't it? Yeah, so you get kind of that almost like a sort of sound too sort of pretentious, but like almost like a boutique feel where you've got like the fitted, like the yes. vacuum form plastic that holds all the sprues in together that you had. Like they first started doing that, I think, with the, um, well, it was very similar where they had specific slots for the sprues. It was the uh, Gathering Storm, like all the different triumvirates that came out, um, which had a similar sort of packaging, and you've got the like, artwork in there as well. I'll take your Obviously, word on that I never bought any. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. We got the, you got that, and you got the, you know, you got the, the book and the quick start guide and all the rest of it. So it's a lot, it's a lot more of a sort of it seems like a lot more of a premium product. Mm. But it doesn't strike me. I mean, looking back on the, it's probably a similar amount of plastic than the other guys because obviously the, uh, the ghosts are quite, you know, there's, there's, their, their profiles are, uh, are quite big, but there's, you know, they're, they're not as no, I dare say there's probably just as much Sound plastic in a. Do you know what I mean? As a blood warrior, it's quite a chunky bit of plastic, isn't it? Do you yeah. know what I mean? And a liberator's a. I mean, the stormcast probably are there or thereabouts because the you've got no. the the prosecutors. Do you think? No, definitely more. Definitely more. Yeah. Or maybe I'm wrong, but like, you know, I know that the obviously the, no, we Rob, don't know the exact. No, so. no. sorry, Rob. Yes, you're wrong. <laughs> but I mean, maybe with the, you know, maybe with the Nighthorn stuff, you know, that there's there's a little bit, you know, a little bit less than than, than what you'd expect. But I think yeah. the, I don't think we'll, we'll ex, you know, especially with the value that they're doing with things. I know it's 40k again, but with the um, the night, the Renegade Knight box set, which is like 120 quid, and you get 200 quid worth of knights in it, yeah. um, which is, you know is, is bonkers, and you get scenery as well. Mm. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't. I mean, how much is the Age of Sigma box set? I don't know, but Dark Imperium is the closest one to compare it to. Is ninety five RP? Yeah, yeah. They, I think yeah. the, the first AOS box was about seventy five. Mm. 
Yeah, I don't. I, I, I so expect be, to be exact, I expect to be exactly the same price. Ninety-five, ninety-five. Yeah, Imperium, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. Um, so Just what to sort of give that product kind of? So hobby-wise, with the two factions in there, what any thoughts? Do you think you're going to pick up either of these for kind of start new factions, add to what you've got, or any conversion ideas that you you kind of got looking at these models? Anything bubbling around in the background? Well, um, <laughs> oh God. Well, um, well, right, not from the box set, no. Right. But from the range. Okay. And what's been teased already. We so mention that uh, in a minute when we when he hit the photos. But anything from the core set? Um, no. no. Not 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 initially. No. I mean, I've got a you know a, an idea for a Stormcast army bubbling away, and I'm sure those. Uh, you know, I like the idea of having. Um, I was thinking about you know depending on how how you can structure the armies. You know, having a perhaps a vanguard element uh, along with. Like the the ballistas, there's, a, yeah. there's almost like a firebase, um, you know, and, and sort of there's sort of vanguard, there's, there's the fast movers in the in the army, um, but I've got an idea for those as well that uh, I'm gonna as a conversion idea, um, which I'll lead on to when we talk about the photos as well. Cool. Okay. Ian, anything? I know you're a, you're a staunch Stormcast hater, staunch defender of I, the hatred I, of Stormcasts. I, I wouldn't go so far as hate them. I just just don't do it for me. Just don't do it. Yeah. Rotten um, men, I, big burly or oryx, or uh, that's it. Or some sexy life. ladies. Yeah. Um, I quite like the. If I I'm not, I think I'm a little bit tempted with the night haunt stuff because hmm. I've got it. I could have got a death army from a long time ago. Um, back towards, oh God, four or five years ago. So I got an eight-thread, all-on-square bases, um, horde, death army. So I'd be potentially could pick up some of the night torn stuff, just do some, um, learn how to do the ghost effect, yeah. or maybe even just do it quickly, like they showed on the on the community website today, just all over white, pick up the metals, um, and um, do the technical paints over the top. No, that could do the trick. Um, but yeah, but I can't, I, nothing, no conversion or anything at the moment. So it's just um, potentially, I was thinking about maybe um, doing something with the all the ghosts and the, because um, they're all ethereal, to actually do them as if they're moving through pieces of terrain That's cool. and scenery. So it's kind of like it's pinned on either side. And it's cool. kind of, it's, it, the scenery is there but it's also it's not impeding them um, but that's kind of just an idea I had and then quickly discard and I realised how much work it was going to be I think it's a good idea so, though I, 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 good I, idea for a shade to buy a wall pan I think you'll definitely see people doing that um, what well, my plans are I'm currently I, I managed to pick I've got quite a lot of Stormcast models I've got the army that Jen uses which is painted in my yellow and black Scythe Sigmar colour scheme but I've also got just over 2,000 points of um, Stormcast, either painted by two different people in the Hammers of Sigma, which is the classic blue and gold colour scheme, 
um, and a few kind of in an, in an unpainted state. Um, so what I've decided to do with, with this coming out is actually get them all painted up to the same standard. So do the Hammers of Sigma scheme across the board. Um, it's not far off having something like a, um, a Hammer Strike um, formation, which is one of the Paladins. So I've got 20 Paladins in there, so Celestine Prime, for example. So quite a lot painted. So I'm working on those at the moment. Um, I've almost got my second batch of 10 Paladins done. It's quite nice, actually, like painting Stormcast, particularly in the kind of the stock colour scheme. It's quite lethargic, really, because they're nice straightforward to paint nice bold colors i really enjoyed it different change of pace from zinch for sure um so what my plan is to pick up the box set and i'm going to paint up everything in there in that color scheme uh, not batch paint i'll do a unit at a time um so i'll add them to that so that'll be for me really just to be nice to it's nice to play with the new toys when, when it comes out right yeah yeah um yeah and so Jen, I mentioned Jen. So Jen's playing at the moment, but she's using my Stormcast, which she's getting used to. But I think there's starting to get, she's starting to develop this, the stage of kind of becoming a bit more of a gamer. She likes the idea of having her own army that she's painted herself and used. So I think the Night Haunts are a, a, an excellent choice for a new army for her. Um, a couple of reasons. I think there's there's a simplicity in base rules for them. So, for example, you know, uh, a lot of them uh, ignore rent and can't get bonuses to saves and things like that. So it's quite a straightforward thing. Just remember, so you never have to worry about rent or anything, which is which is pretty cool. Um, and also, the two they're releasing the two technical paints to go alongside the army, um, which is going to give a you know we know this ethereal look is. A straightforward thing to do exactly what rob has mentioned kind of uh, sorry i don't know if it was ian or rob um you know doing a base coat and then just doing this these new color these tactical paints over the color and picking out the details so the two that we're looking at we're looking at a night haunt gloom which is like a bluey kind of gray um and then we've got the um the hex wraith flame which is a very vibrant green which i think is the one she's going for and they're, they're apparently quite strongly pigmented um almost kind of washers uh, they're an in I'm, I'm quite interested to use them see what results you get but they've done some shots of them just painted over white and i think both of them look pretty damn good um i think kind of a cheeky uh, you know i'll go through using the um the makeup brushes to do a cheeky dry brush and uh, it should look pretty legit so i've got a lot of plans for that box set i think i think most people are going to pick it up do you think i think you guys will probably buy the box set considering the fact it's got the core rules in it i'm i think i might just get the book actually yeah. can you buy it separately just the yeah it's going to be think... released the core book is going to be released separately as well okay fair enough i know it sounds silly so, but I, so... I hadn't picked up on that okay cool yeah Obviously, we've got General's Handbook and everything as well, um, which it has been confirmed that, for example, Ian, as you're an Iron Jaws player, so all of the factions that are in the 2017 book um, are also in the 2018 book. So it'd be interesting if they get updated in any way, shape or form, which I expect they will. So I don't. Uh, I feel like there won't be any additions, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, but I think the big thing we should mention, you know, aside from the core box set and everything that's coming, and I don't want to kind of get dragged too much into the rule side of things, they're worrying about what's going to happen but these endless spells are amazing like little characterful spell effects um i mean just across the board they're just brilliant what do you guys think the models are the rules the models i just don't like them you don't like them at all <laughs> no what, what? I, I can i can um 
the aesthetic I, is like they're fine and not yeah. I'm not particularly fussed any of them, but I don't want to have to paint them. Okay, fair enough. Well, what um, about what about using them as a toolbox? So using them outside of their original, you know, you, not using them as endless spells, for example. How how do you see them? In, well, in um, that frame of mind. I know Robert pipe up now. Yeah, the potential for conversion bit, but I awesome. have to. Yeah, there's a couple of, I don't, it's hard to, I like the cogs. Yeah. I like the little portals. Yeah. Um, I really dislike the purple sun, like on a, that's my, that's my least favourite by a long way. I really like that, I think it's awesome. Uh, yeah, I just don't like its spiky nature. <laughs> I, I like my sons, no. I just don't like them with spikes. It kind of reminds yeah. me of um, a Pokemon. Yeah, it does a bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think ball. I think that. Got a paint all um, and the spells. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I quite liked um, when when they when they showed them in their entirety today. Uh, they also did like a little snippet of uh, the printing guides. Yes. And they deliberately, it's like three steps. So, you know, once and four, four steps if you encounter you count spraying them with like Corax white or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, for the majority of them, they're just, you know, wash, glaze, or dry. Do you know what I mean? So, I think, you know, depending on where, you know, if they're just going to be used, you're going to see some armies where, you know, someone's, you know, you know, if you've got one or two, you know, if you've got one or two sort of spells that you've got in your toolbox that you know that you, you know that synchronise well with your army, then I think, you know, having the, the one or two as part of your army and part of display board would look pretty cool. Um, you know, if you sort of more of a toolbox kind of thing where you're going to be, I mean, we don't know the rules, so we don't know whether or not you can select all. I think you have to buy them, don't you? They said yeah, you have they to have pay said points you pay for points. them. So, so I know. I, yeah, so I, I don't, I don't expect there'd be too many circumstances where you'll have loads of them at your disposal. You're probably, you know, like everything else, you're going to buy the ones that suit your your army's fighting style. So I think, given that, you know that. There's going to be some, you know, hopefully they're all, you know, as good as each other given different builds. So you see, not from a gaming perspective, but when you see the armies displayed, I think they'll be cool to have, the, you know, two or three of them dotted about the army display boards and things like that. That'll be cool. Um, you know, stuff like the the like the flame effects on some of them. Um, I mean, I will go back to talking about uh, the idea that I had for the the whatever they turn out to be but the high elf celestin prime idea that i had with like a like the sort of phoenix sort of thing you know wreathed in flame but the flames mm. taking the shape of a phoenix and you know, using the sort of the fire effects and stuff you know to to do that um i'm sure there'll be you know there'll be plenty of you know if, if certain spells turn out to be less sort of efficient than others and there'll probably be plenty available to buy on ebay where people have bought the box and they're just not using certain ones i'm sure there'll be plenty of available on bit sites and all the rest of it but you know, I, I, you know I, you know that extra sort of level of immersion and having the spells represented on the battlefield is cool it goes back to having i, I think it was storm of magic where you, where they did like the little domes yeah um with the sort of the different swirls painted on them to represent different spells actually still i've actually actually bought a pack once and I've never done anything with them but I thought that was pretty cool so this is just an extension of that you know and having you know, having those extra 
little things that represent abilities or, you know, like, like the, um, what, <laughs> which is probably the only reason I'd ever do a Lizardman army, but having like, the little toad that you get with the, with the, with, is it the pterodactyl guys? The blue yeah. toads, I think they are. Yeah, and you can just take one, you sort of put it by someone's unit, do you know what I mean? And that, rep, you know, just little things like that, like that sort of increase the immersion in, in the in the game, I think are a good thing. And yeah, some of the models look better than others. Um, you know, I'm not particularly fussed on like that crystal wall thing. It just looks like a row of, of straws that someone's made on Art Attack. Um, um, and, and obviously the Pokeball. Um, but you know, there's there's great conversion opportunities as well. We you know stuff like yeah, that you, pendulum, could have, you could have a that pendulum yeah, is going to be pen, used a lot as a weapon as a as a weapon. Um, the Quicksilver blades, is it with yeah. the the swords? You know, you imagine sort of having a mage drawing his hand back and having them actually coming out. You know, replace the the swords with something else so it looks a bit different. And there's you know there's loads of different bits and bobs. And you know, as we said before, you, you don't have to use them. You don't have to be you don't no. have to be a grouch like Ian and, and hate everything. Just you know, <laughs> just just appreciate Stop the fact me. that GW are making enough money to be able to go and spend a load of money developing ideas like this. You know, I think it's it's great the way that Zolby's going. Being a Nurgle player, as Rob said, you know, embrace change. We know you hate it, Ian. We know you hate yeah. change. It's a diehard Nurgle. <laughs> you'll be, you'll be all right. Um, you'll be all right. I'm sure. Yeah. But I, I can see it kind be. of developing naturally that it will start off match play scenarios from the book which is loads more of which is awesome we'll yeah. play that and then these will come in i mean i fully expect to be playing endless spells and all that down club um i like the fact there's options as well i love the fact there's 12 uh, 13 of them sorry hey 13 yeah. episode 13 yeah. um so i i always like that when it happens because it gives you choices so you can decide okay so maybe the spell portal is the best choice for my list but screw it this game it's only a club game i'm gonna have a mess about with you know pendulum um and as yeah. long as things aren't just significantly shitter than other things in there i i think you know that 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 all, I always like options. I think options are always a yeah. good thing in the game. The fact that they cost points is good because you don't yeah. you, you know you haven't just got a a free toolbox you know and, and hopefully you know maybe you know maybe stuff maybe some spells are significantly better than others, but then you'd like to think that they'd probably be pointed accordingly. Do you know what I mean? So if you have yeah. got like ten points left over and you and I think. Uh, triumphs uh, are not a thing anymore I don't think going forward so um, you know if you have got probably the most forgotten thing in the game other than Sinister Terrain yeah Yeah. and uh, another thing I I, I used to keep on forgetting Um, it's great they got rid of something everyone forgot that's what you applauded the fact you know and and, you know if if there's like a spell that's 10 points or 15 you know whatever it is and you think oh I might as well take it because Otherwise, you know, it's, it's not going to do. It's not a detriment. I'm not sacrificing anything, and it just means you've got. To, you know, you never know what situation can. You think, oh Christ, I've got that. You know, I'll use yeah. that. Cool. I suppose that's quite straw, that's, straw that's, fence. Yeah, I mean that, that's an interesting fact actually. I quite like that because where uh, where we're doing Fetty at the moment, we're playing our, our campaign. I'm finding it with Zinch. I'm sat there going, oh God, I've got just odd numbers of points left all over the place. Mm. So it isn't enough to get anything significant. We kind of get some a bit smaller and janky, but at the same time, it leaves me like these weird point levels. So actually having something that everyone's got accessibility to, which hopefully, you know, these things are costing 10, 20, 30, 40 points, I actually think it's really good. So I, I agree with you on that. Um, 
and rules wise yeah every 50 points you're under 2000 points you get a command point for each 50 points so you know it does just give you some options um and they are so interestingly i think you are one of you mentioned this that um you can ally um the Dark Imperium model, they're releasing models separately that suit the core set that you can buy separately. So you've got um, the models for new Stormcast. You can add, you can make this a bolstering. You get like a, there's one which is uh, three more um, of the, the sequiturs, uh, you know, your castigators as well, which can they get a little cheeky little griff hound. So these are all extra things. And he's awesome. The castigator champion with the, the crossbow over his shoulder and holding their helmet under yeah. his arm. I think that's just my favorite model of the release. I love stuff yeah, like that. It's very cool. Very cool indeed. I think it's quite interesting to see. Um, uh, you know, there was a lot of things at the open day, like there was a ballista, but yeah. on a modelled base, yeah, um, on like a like a shadespirey type scenic base, you know, pre sort of pre done base. So it probably looks to the fact that they're obviously going to be released individually For as sure. well. Yeah. And you've got that sort of mage on the back of the monkey monkey dragon as well <laughs> from, the the, from the teaser video. No, no, no. The um, no, the monk, the you know, the one that's on that. It was the one that was at the AOS Open Day. It looked like a little, like leopardy monkey dragon. Oh, thing. okay, yeah. Sorry, I know, I know what you mean. I know what you no mean. No wings. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of so like you, a, you know, it's like kind of like a Gorn Fang Tiger esque kind of combination, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And obviously, you know, the the, the biggest the biggest thing, and I think, um, you know, is the, the the model that. I, I've kind of seen so far that we've all seen that that's made me think, oh, God, you know, I, I couldn't mind quite doing, like doing that is, is the black coach. The new black coach just yeah. looks unreal, yeah. like looks amazing. Um, I don't know if that's a good segue onto the other things that we've seen in the video or not like to talk about. But. Well, I was just going to mention, because we need to mention it, because actually it was one thing that jumped out of me during all these teasers and releases is the objective markers. I think they're awesome. Yeah. Like, absolutely awesome i don't think i'll use them as objective markers because in tournament play i do like because i've had themed ones in the past but i do like just having a nice flat you know right size token just makes things a lot smoother but those things are amazing for terrain and bases and conversions like the floating bit of rock with like all the skulls in it and the pile of stormcast weapons and even like i like the little chest with all the little books and stuff so cool so so cool yeah yeah, 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 and I, I, um, it's weird. I mean, I just go on a side tangent. You know, they, they did the same for 40k yeah. and released objective markers when they came out. Did you see? Did you see the sprue for that? No, no. Right. So there, there's um, one of the objective markers, and I don't know if they'll do it. If there's going to be a similar thing on the AOS ones, it'd be quite interesting to see when they when the pre-orders go up and you get to get a look at the sprue. But there's one objective marker on the 40k one, which is like a containment tank. Yes, I know. And the um, obviously the front is like the clear that you get like on the sort of on you know gunships and all like canopy like the, like clear plastic, but on the, on the sprue it's on the same sprue as all the other as as the grey stuff. So you've got like they they it's like a double injection. Most bit nerdy like you're talking about their plastic injection, but it's the oh, clear. God. Rob's parts. getting off on talking about injections yeah. again. Well, oh. No, 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 no. Oh, I'm going to inject my just, creamy just, stuff just, on this grey sprue. For God's sake, whatever, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but no, there's, there's just, it's just weird to look at when you look yeah. at the store. You've got this, you've got this grey sprue, and there's a clear bit of like 
it's certain like two arms then are the, like the clear plastic so it just shows like how much the technology's come on and what the I hadn't realized that. Some of the kids. it's interesting you should yeah. say that as well because i've got the um i've recently bought the van Sar gang for necromunda and it's not yeah, and they've got the clear shields yeah but it's not they're, they're not painted no but they're not there's that that what you've just said that they are completely separate Oh, were they? Yeah. They're not, they're not attached. No. So maybe, maybe they've taken a technological step backwards. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> or maybe the fansar stuff was done first. You never know. I mean, one thing I was going to say, again, kind of, again, don't want to focus too much on the rules, but we'll talk about it from a hobby aspect and the fact that it affects your motivation. Um, so the terrain rules have changed, which they've, they've literally completely released. So we're not going to go into some detail, but the thing to take away from these, particularly Ian, is the terrain has a much less effect on the game now um, because of the actual results you can end up with, the actual effects they have, and also the range. So terrain used to be three inches. It's now an inch to actually affect anything. Yeah. I, well, I always forgot about terrain, apart from mystical. Mystical was the, yeah. the best. Yeah. Now um, it's... Now be, it's... Because, it, because it was funny. <laughs> On the, it's easier to roll two up. Oh, shit, I rolled one. I'm fucked. Yeah. So that's kind of gone, which I... I, I, I I, I'm in two minds about it. I don't think it needed changing, but I think having the terrain have a lesser impact, but still kind of matter. Yeah, I'm 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 fine with that. I can live with it. But again, when we're talking about the game getting con- so confusing and maybe too many layers, the fact some of the core rules are being streamlined. Um, yeah, in a I way, think there might be a good have... balance of certain stuff being you know right. You've got the extra bits and bobs, but then yeah. you've got the less complicated aspects of stuff that perhaps slowed the game down. You know, in the original sort of iteration of the game, you might see a decent balance. There, and it's not so much the rules for them have changed dramatically; it's the fact that actually, they're because of the way they've been changed, they'll have less of a impact on the game because you've got to be within an inch of them, for example. So, it's interesting. I'm really excited to get the kind of the rules in in my hands and kind of have a think going forward. So, was there anything else um, you chaps kind of want to mention about that initial kind of big splash release that we've seen? Can I talk about the video now? You can talk about the video. Fantastic. Um, yeah, so, um, well, to begin with, there, there was the, I can't remember the guy's name, so you're getting really funny without uh, about us not saying the proper names for everything, but they released a picture of one of the ne- three named characters for the Night Haunts, um, and either side of it, it was the guy sat on the floating throne. Yep, I know who you mean. With the two banshees either side of him. Mm-hmm. He's Looks got a amazing. very hard to remember name. <laughs> yes, and, and uh, slightly yeah. kicked in my OCD because the model's on the wonk a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, but the, what was what I found even more interesting and in sort of the long speculated on Mortark of grief was uh, obviously one of the silhouettes. Yes. Next to next to him, which we finally saw a kind of uh, a big reveal on on the video that they did along with the release this morning. So you got a lot better idea of what the actual figure looked like, and then the silhouette on his, uh, as you look at it on on the left, um, was a uh, what we don't know the the name of the character or anything, but a, uh, an undead guy on the back of a massive mount with big flappy wings. That also was. Uh, revealed in the video as well so those two models on top of the black coach had sort of did test my kind of my uh, resolve as far as uh, doing a new army mm-hmm. uh, which were two the big shiny it's, drawing you in there's been a lot of um, rumours regarding the um, who Isabella, the Isabella. 
Yeah, I, and, and, I don't think it will be, but I'd like. Yeah, to I'm not sure because the in the, I think it's the description of the guy on the throne. Um, he was described that the the mortar of grief was his master rather than mistress. So I don't think it is uh, Isabella. Uh, okay. Unless unless they, um, it's just a typo. Um, so potentially it might be. I, I think it might be Vlad. Yeah, it could be. Mm, it could be. Yeah. I, well, I, it, it tends to be the way a lot of people kind of think it's good. They, they think they know what's going on with AOS and it actually goes completely in the opposite direction. The direction, yeah. You know, I, yeah. Well, I, I like. I always like the Vlad and Isabella were quite cool in the end times, so I'd quite like yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. The, um, the, the other thing from the video, and I mean, do, can I go into my little bit of a deep dive on the on on this dude now? Go for or it. What? Go for it. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. So deep. they. There's been a there was, it's it's been doing the rounds on uh, sort of a few rumours here and there for quite a while that there's been a, like a flying, stormcast mounted character or unit. Mm-hmm. I think we probably got our best look at it in this video, and it's quite hard to sort of make out overall what sort of size it's going to be. If I was a betting man, it probably you probably look for it to come in that's you know the body of the of the beast as it were to come in. A similar, uh, probably a bit bigger than a Dracoth, but not that much bigger. I wouldn't have thought, but then with big wings. Um, but as, as I'd mentioned before, you know, my once the chaos stuff that I've been working on is done um, to tie into the sort of narrative of my chaos army, I was going to do a, like a good version of Archeon. Um, now, like that model, I was all, I was thinking I, I didn't really want to use a Star Drake for it, right? Because um, that'd be kind of too like what I want. The whole sort of backstory is, is his mount is Deathclaw because in the fluff Archeon wasn't there was never the ever chosen Bellacor was so therefore Archeon was the, the goodie so Carl Franz was never a thing so kind of Archeon sort of trod the path that Carl Franz did okay. um, so therefore good. he'd end up he'd, he'd end up with Deathclaw rather than Torgar yeah it makes sense um, so what I originally thought of doing was. Um, uh, Getting a the, the original well the the, the seventh or eighth edition guy uh, Griffin Empire Griffin that um, Byron uses uh, and sort of reposing that to make it almost uh, to a similar sort of pose as the Island of Blood Griffin so a bit more sort of dynamic and sort of an attack mode rather than it sort of being reared up on 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 its on its legs as it is um, so hopefully that the new the new model allow some of that and I know from the looks of it it's got like a uh, sort of more of like a, a almost like a goat it's got like a ram style horns and stuff so I'll probably swap that out for a, a griffin head rather than rather than that and it got me thinking about what I could use you know saying that I wanted to sort of have um, use the vanguard uh, hunters or the paladors in, in the army right um, okay well, I was th- thinking about having them, but winged. Oh, cool! So, um, so like it wouldn't affect how they obviously wouldn't affect how they play. You'd still use the Palador uh, main sort of bodies, but you know there's plenty of you know Island of Blood kits out there on eBay that you can get the wings from, or you know Pegasus, or you know obviously plenty of ways to make that work. Yeah, definitely. Um, but but do like a like have Archeon on his mount but the rest of the army be female um to almost tie in and and use a lot of the elements because a lot more sort of the, of the female stormcast models out there now especially with the with the sacrosanct chamber coming out um 
but also tie in some of the the bits and pieces from the Sisters of Silence range. Um, so yeah, so I think that's a good that's a good idea. So like so like they're they're fighting chaos and it's you know with Bellacorn is all chaosy and like the only way Ark can almost like like a Sisters of Battle kind of thing like this that pure that they can can it's the only force that Archeon can use to take on Bellacor um, and sort of almost tie it into like a, a Valkyrie theme without having these sort of were women rather than riding Pegasi, riding these um, Vanguard Paladors I've converted into flying mounts, which I thought would be quite cool. Yeah, well, no doubt, yeah. mate, that will be very cool. Yeah, Pen- penciled um, in for 2025. Yeah. <laughs> Class- well, classic you know Rob Lowe's, awesome idea. <laughs> yeah. AOS three. Well, I've been, I've been, <laughs> yeah. I've been, I've been smashing through uh, Bellacore sub-assemblies over the last fortnight. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, you've done the sword just, and just the pommel. Well, I've done, done his orb, done his sword, done his head, <laughs> done, done some chains. Just doing everything possible to procrastinate and not actually tackle the main model <laughs> itself. Paint all the gubbins. Um, yeah, just doing all the gubbins. But uh, no, it's been cool, sort of doing all the. All the little bits and bobs, like you're saying, the a uh, couple of episodes ago, sort of having you know, different colours, different techniques, and working on different things and trying new things out. So yeah, that's been going well. But no, that, that's the main thing. I think once they expand the range a little bit, um, just sods law though. I'll uh, I'll do these conversions and then I'll release flying, you know, <laughs> flying stormcast two two yeah two weeks later. Ah, for God's sake! <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely gonna happen. Hundred percent. Flying yeah. Tiger Cats. Um, Fantastic. Also, well, it's, it's, it is always great to hear your the way you kind of look at models and kind of approach the, the crazy ideas you can do with them. Um, was there anything you wanted to add in before we take a little bit of a break and we'll get a bit more into some listener questions? Because I think we've got, we've got some really good questions from the guys on, on AOS 2. Uh, the only thing I was going to add, randomly, um, I was looking at Dragon Augers. Um, just... <laughs> Just, I don't know why, just because I saw them. I yeah. just saw some drag, and I thought, imagine what they could do now with plastic for the big stuff with these. Yeah. I mean, Dragon Eggs so are I'd, awesome. A completely un- underused release, but they're just, again, they're just not very good. Yeah, it's just not, and there's not enough variation in the faction at the moment. No. But I can imagine them well, doing the big Shargoths now, the size of the Glockkin. Like, yeah. Just yeah. chunky, big plastic things. Yeah, that'd be and awesome. Yeah, so I'm just kind of been quite just random, randomly getting enthused about dragon ogres. <laughs> I'm randomly enthused by dragon ogres. Well, they, 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 they've hinted at that a lot of war scrolls are going to get changed slightly. There's going to be tweaks to, to war scrolls. Yeah. So you never know the damage could go up on them. They could, uh, they could become a thing. I don't think it makes any difference to uh, to Ian, but um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Oh, okay, they're slightly better. Brilliant. Okay, but yeah, I think I know what you mean about basically what they could do with the shagoffs. Oh yeah, it could be so good. Oh yeah, give oh me, yeah, give oh. me a give me a nice shag off. Surely, just just do that, just do that guy's done on. Um, I saw I saw a conversion that a guy did, and he it was a bottom half of a star drake and the top half of a bloodthirster. Happy days, job done. Yeah, yeah, job done. Me. Job done. So, only the best part of having fifty quid, hundred and seventy pounds worth of dragon ogre. Yeah. Happy days. Yeah. Two of them. <laughs> yeah. It's like a Chris Tomlin conversion when you get to that level, isn't it, really? Let's be honest. <laughs> awesome. Right, so we'll take a little bit of break there and we're going to crack straight into some listener questions. 
and we are back from that little break of picking on Rob. Um, so we're going to go straight into some listener questions. And uh, there was one I wanted to very quickly mention as Arnie sent it in um, after we were going to record and before recording this episode. So he's in that sweet spot. So I thought we'd give him, let's pop him to the top of the list. Um, and he's just recently moved into his new house. So congratulations. He's got his own sweet hobby room. And he's asked for any kind of tips, any thoughts on um, kind of setting up your hobby area. I don't know if you guys have kind of, I mean, Ian, probably not going to expect a lot from you being a table, uh, a dining table in the dark painter. But I know, Rob, you're yep. a bit, you're a little bit more OCD than me. So kind of any, any thoughts, guys? Um, you go first. Do whatever suits you. <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's one. You, you find out what... Um, what you like just naturally so don't don't try to copy anybody else i think so probably the... you're giving him the same advice um that you'd probably give a teenager um join the sex talk yeah um, yeah just yeah. find out what you don't, like don't let don't let peer pressure get you <laughs> you don't you don't you don't need a fancy lamp <laughs> <laughs> if anything you fucking proved that um rob right the other end of the spectrum any advice on setting up a hobby area any essential products stuff that you should get thoughts um half decent light doesn't have to be anything too uh i i, I had quite a well not an expensive one but I had quite a decent one for, for a time and that broke and then i got like there's one um i'm using it's like tenor from ikea mm. uh, the bulb actually costs more than the lamp itself nice get yourself a de- get a, get yourself a decent bulb in it um a good lumen rating <laughs> um that's actually a thing um make sure you've got enough make sure you've got enough like and it sounds silly but make sure you've got enough space like i being cramped up um you know have, have a decent side desk and perhaps somewhere a little bit out of the way um, out of the way of people sawing wood so you don't get damp sawdust <laughs> and everything. Um, oh, I, um, I, I don't know Arnie's uh, sort of personal situation, but obviously keep things out of the reach of children and whatnot um, on pets, as uh, as Gary and Les will attest to, because his cat ate the end of his really nicely painted Durthu sword. Um, which is all chewed up, which he spent hours blending. Sorry to just um, jump in on very quickly on that. It's a very valid point. When we were at the Curtain event, um, James McPherson was there with his Nurgle army and he'd got a new kitten and he'd, he'd left the kitten in the same room as his <laughs> as his new Blight Lords and right. the cat had just demolished, like he'd chewed like, the wings. And he's like, to be honest, that actually looks pretty legit. It just looks like even more Nurgle damage. And it kind of did, <laughs> but I was still crying inside. Just this cat yeah. just gnawing and chewing on like Nurgle models. Oh, it's horrible to see. Horrible. Yeah, horrible. Keep, 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 your stuff, keep your stuff out of reach. I mean, I, you know, if you're going to be, in all seriousness, with the, with the dust and whatnot, if, if you're going to be hobbying like I am now in, in the garage where it's pretty well sealed and insulated there's still going to be a bit of excess sort of dust and stuff you know if you're if you're halfway through painting something um make sure you, you know, i i put my stuff when i finish painting i just pop it back in the um use i've got a very useful box i uh, sort of transport my army with it's all sat in there so the dust doesn't get on it there's nothing worse than i mean i don't know if you've ever experienced it but not painting something for a while and then forgetting to dust it before you before you come back 
Nope. Um, and you get a, there's a layer of dust on on your model. You start painting on it, and it gets all gritty, and it looks horrible. Um, so little things like that. It's, you know, if you're, you know, that, that is if you're in a shed or a uh, well, or a garage and that. I mean, I know he said he's got his own little hobby room. He hasn't said where his hobby room is, Matthew. Before you say anything. No, no. So I was, um, I was just going to I was just going to interrupt very quickly and saying actually, um, I personally haven't come across that issue, but. But I have, because it's not been models I've painted and then stopped, because I don't tend to do that. Um, the right. Stormcast Army I mentioned that I picked up off numerous different people, that was an issue because they painted it. So it was kind of half done and I was changing the colours. So the makeup brushes are really good at that. Literally just give them a good, yeah. good dusting all over. Yeah, give them a good, good dusting. So just uh, just little things. Like that. I, don't, I don't think it's necessarily hobby area tips, but just things to bear in mind You know, when, when you are... So doing it in general, I guess. So, uh, yeah, good tips. Me, me personally, I would go for, um, I definitely think the painting racks are worth picking up, whether you get the MDF ones or you get the, I know a lot of people like using the, the acrylic ones that people that are actually designed for nail acrylic and nail salons and stuff. Those are very popular. Um, I'm a shelf person. I think surround yourself with shelves. Um, I also, um, Make sure you've got a couple of water pots, empty them out frequently. Um, you can get some really good desk risers for like PC monitors and stuff. So you can actually use the space under those rather than just being sat on a desktop. I'd actually recommend, likewise, talking about a lamp, pick up a lamp. I've got an LED one um, and it has daylight and just kind of normal yellow light as an option on there. So I can paint under either and actually see what the model looks like under different lights. I did that a lot with my Zinch. So I kind of changed some of my highlights on because you're not always getting it's all great painting on daylight bulb but when you get south coast gt and you're all under yellow light from the hall lights your army's going to look completely different um that, and that is precisely what my uh mixed order army suffer from because under a daylight lamp it pops it, all the contrast is there all the highlights you can see them from a mile away and sort of the photos that you take under the daylight lamp look great and then you put them on a table in the middle of a sports hall where the lights are like 40 foot up in the air or whatever um and it just doesn't have the same effect. So, yeah, that's a really good tip, actually. Yeah. And I would also recommend putting a daylight bulb into your painting room itself. Uh, reason for that is that talking about lumens and stuff like that, it gives you a very nice, clean, crisp white light. When you're probably sat in your hobby room, hobbying away for hours after hours, I'd recommend having a nice, clean light. It kind of keeps you a little bit more alert. It's like the opposite of the Vegas thing, where they keep the lights nice and dark and there's no windows, so you don't know what time of day it is. In your hobby room, I think you want to kind of, you know, keep your interest up. So a nice bright light, daylight bulbs, you can buy them. They're nothing like fiber or whatever from, from hobby rooms. I've recently switched up to one of those, and it's really good. I find I'm less yeah, tired. I'm not yeah. saying that it's giving me daylight, but it's, it's just brighter, kind of keeping me a bit more alert. That's right. It's cool. Um, so we'll go on to the rest of the questions. So we had uh, we had uh, at moosegeek underscore um, just saying he's just started working on one of his all time favourite models, Thanquil, which I think I agree is awesome. Uh, and yeah. bone, oh, sorry, Thanquil and Bone Ripper. So, what model have you enjoyed painting the most? Is there anything in particular you haven't yet painted that you'd like to? So, uh, Rob, anything um, you can think of? So, what's your what's what's the model you enjoyed painting the most? The model that I enjoyed painting the most. It was probably my forest dragon. Yep. Um, simply because of it, it, it was the first sort of big conversion that I'd done, and um, that I'd fully put, fully finished painting. Um, his, um, 
sort of lots of different textures on it, a lot of different techniques I tried. Um, but yeah, that, that was quite a good one. The sort of one I'm most looking forward to painting. Um, probably my Sigvald Sigvald conversion. Yeah. Um, simply because it's, it's the one model I'm probably never going to game with it it's one it's, it's, it's a model that I want to paint to my sort of a display standard um, and you know probably ch- sort of try and enter it in a you know a, a sort of a south coast or face hammer whichever I get it pretty in time for um, but I've got a real sort of uh, what I showed you guys today got quite an ambitious idea for the um, for the armour it's almost like a purpley kind of crystal I wouldn't say it's like in a non-metallic metal style. It's more of a inverse highlighted sort of crystal effect. Yeah, uh, it's which fair play for trying to attempt that. It looks, it will look yeah. awesome. Um, so that that and you know the the, the miniature itself once the conversion is finished, it's there's not a great deal of armor on it, so you know it won't be too overwhelming. Um, but that's something that I'm you know really like to sort of you know that this sort of you know really sort of try and push myself, and if it turns out you know, rubbish and it turns out rubbish, but it's, you know, it's not going to affect an army that I'm working on, you know? Nice. Okay. Ian, what's, what's the model you've really enjoyed painting the most? Um, over the last year or so, probably, uh, Godrak, I think. Okay. Although it was, it was kind of bits of it I really enjoyed, bits of it I hated, but what I did enjoy, but Godrak himself was just a joy to paint because he's so, Characterful and lots of just the right level of detail. Um, so I really enjoyed him highlighting all the scales, doing edge highlighting. Uh-huh. It could quite, yeah, it was worth it. Yeah. Um, but, it, but it was kind of a, um, it's quite um, an endurance event. But yeah, Godrak, probably the one I enjoyed painting most recently. Um, so the one that I'd like to paint, I quite like to revisit the. Um, the early 1990s metal techless right interesting because i've because i painted that when i was quite young it's one of my favorite models so i'd like to i've got, actually got the model but i intend to paint it at some point and go along to it right. so i'd like to go back and paint that again oh cool um, okay. just so i can i might just at some point just try to copy the old mike mcveigh color scheme so it's cool oh i've got another one go on then oh yeah um with the with it's it, with their latest sort of release um, that they've done, and it came, I've still got the model from when it was released the first time. But the the new solitaire, oh uh, okay. yeah, the nice. um, and do like a, I know they, they they've gone from sort of the ninety style where every panel on the model is either a check or a diamond pattern. And they've they've almost sort of toned it down, haven't they? And made it look a bit more modern where there's you know, one leg's black and then the other's got the checks or diamond pattern and but then the diamond pattern's sort of fading out and all the rest of it. I think I'd quite like to attempt something like that as well. Cool. Be quite cool. Awesome. Um I mean for me I was actually having a little look just seeing what I've um kind of painted recently. because um, I I think I I generally speaking tend to get um influenced by what i painted most recently in regards to probably what i enjoyed painting the most um and for me it was actually a little bit of a surprise i really enjoyed painting the gaunt summoner um and i know a lot of people say i think i've said this before but a lot of people say about the familiars being more enjoyable to paint but actually i found it the other side i really enjoyed painting the gaunt summoner himself 
the phone. Nice clear detail, um, a lot of interesting areas um, without being overly detailed. A little bit, a little bit uh, of uh, loss of definition around some of the armour trim. But otherwise, I was surprised. I did genuinely really enjoy him and I found that he came together quite quickly. So that was that was my my model. What am I looking forward to painting um, in the future? That's a tough one. Because I'm not overly someone who really enjoys painting models. Actually saying that, tell you what, Ogroid. Ogroid Thamaturge. Um, I've got to paint him up soon for Paul's um, Dorset Doggers event and a Dorset um, in Invitational or International event. And uh, yeah, I'm quite looking forward to a tackling that that guy a little bit of airbrushing some glowy tattoos i think he should look pretty cool in my color schemes so so that's me um uh, and then next up we've got rob you mentioned it a little bit but liam cook uh, is asked how do you how so he's bad bad grammar how are you going to paint those new spells plans in mind um so i mean me personally i think i'll probably keep them quite straightforward um, cheeky bit of airbrushing work, particularly where you've got a lot of the flames, a couple of dry brushes. Um, I think I'll possibly leave a lot of it at that that kind of stage. What about you guys? Any other thoughts? Um, I'm probably just not going to, I'd I, imagine. I'm just going to refuse to paint. Yeah, it's kind of painting those is time wasted where it could be um, highlighting with shelf um, flesh or hair. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. So, yeah. So I'm slow enough already. You don't want other things dragging me down. Cool. Uh, Rob, what about you? He's on mute again, isn't he? Rob Ellis, are you on mute? Hello. Hello, is that better? Yes. <laughs> yeah. You're off. Yeah, mute. so, um, uh, yeah, so uh, going back to what you said about like points dropping and changing and fitting these armies in, I don't think I'll necessarily you know, pick up the whole box set and then try and sort of work my way through them. I think it should be a case of when the new points are out, obviously with Archeon being a bit cheaper, there might be an option to be able to um, sort of slot one in here and there, depending on, on how Wee, I do lads, the lads, army. Lads. Um, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd certainly like, you know, perhaps like to, I mean, there's none, there's none in the set that I look at and think, oh, that would, you know, that, that would look good. I think I might... Um, you know, if I were to use one with the Sinch contingent of, of the army that I'm planning to do, um, maybe Sinchify up, up one up a bit, so it, you mm -hmm. know it still keeps the, the sort of the look of uh, of the spell, so it's obvious what it is, but you know make it a bit more Zinchy. Um, I, you know, I don't really know how I do that at the moment, but um, yeah, certainly if there's one that sort of fits the the army, then and it goes into the army list, then. And that's what I'll do. But I'm I'm pretty sort of locked in on, on on just painting what I need to get painted to get the the army done. So any kind of like Ian said, if it's uh, takes time away from you know, getting getting through my current project, then I'm, I'm perhaps you know not going to spend time doing that when uh, when I could be doing other things, especially with you know with the, my time being going to be even more limited going forward. But yeah, I think I think if there's an opportunity to do one and get one in, in the army, um, I'll do it. But uh, it's not something that I'm sort of waiting for release data to open up the the, the, the cling film and, and get one glued together and painted. Cool. 
Okay. It sounds, it sounds a little bit anticlimactic for both of us there. But no, not really. I mean, if they're, if they're not, if they're not grasping you, I, th- I think you know. For me, um, I mean, if I was tackling them without an airbrush, I think some light kind of base coats, washes, and um, some some dry brushes will, will do you well. To be entirely honest, yeah. so I think that'll be a general yeah. general plan going forward to get them done quick. Um, we've then got Ian Hannum, who I was fortunate enough to meet at South Coast with his lovely Stormcast army. Um, his first question, um, should uh, Achillean Leviadoms uh, be worried about enemy wizards summoning walls or plastic drinking straws into the other sea? So, of course, that, that goes with Rob's lol about the fact that these um, uh, one of these endless spells looks like a wall of drinking straws made by um, Art Attack, <laughs> which I think is probably just the unfortunate way they've painted it. Yeah, yeah. It kind of doesn't come across very well in the photos. But seriously, his actual question was: if multiples of these persistent predatory spells are allowed, or if you want to theme them uh, more to your army, do you think there is much scope to convert scratch build? Any ideas for how you would um, theme them to your own armies? I think that's a good question. Um, I would actually say um, yes, because they're only they're actually only tokens. So realistically, it doesn't matter what the model's represented as because we now know AOS is a base to base game. Um, so as long as the base stays the same, entirely doesn't matter. And I think as long as it's clear as day what spell it is you're using it as, I don't think it makes any difference. What about you two? I think, I mean, yeah. you know, go on in. Yeah, I, um, I agree. Yeah, kind of it's something that you can, um, for example, is, is there a one with chains, like clasping chains. Yes, like that's called. three of those. Yeah, I think the soul wrap train, uh, chain, trains. <laughs> so chains. You, can, you can imagine um, for death armies, like the zombies come out of the ground. Yeah. Just grabbing people. Oh, so right. just do a load of... Just, so that kind of token instead. So rather than the, um, the chains grabbing people, it's the actual undead sort of crawling from the ground. Sure. So yeah, I think it's. Um, I'd be more. I'd be more inclined to make my own if I won the spell effect. I wanted to use on the spell effect rather than using the official ones. Mm. Yeah, I mean, for, for something like that, I mean, you could even have like for beast claw raiders or ogres, you could have like noblars, like see, the 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 the, <laughs> the, the, t, the, the well, t rapers, and you could have the uh, them with the like the the big trap things that come with the stone horn kit. Uh, something like that, or you know, demons coming out of the ground into the zombies, or you know, that burning skull. You could you could slap a, some horns on it and model a beak on it instead of you know, so it's like a beaky skull rather than a, a normal skull. For, you know, if you, you know, if it's zinch or something, or you know, make it a bit nerglified. You give it one eye instead of one of the two in the skull if you wanted to nurgle. And you know, the paint the paint job as well is gonna. You know, we'll, we'll theme it well to your army as well. I'd imagine, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, the colours that are on the box. Um, although I do think they, they do lend themselves to the narrative of the spells being from the realms that they're supposed to be from. Um, you know, painting a purple sun green. You know, everyone knows it's a purple sun. It might not fit the narrative, but people know people know what the model, what model is. So I don't think people will be too fussed about that kind of thing. And as Matt says, as long as the base sizes are the same, then who cares? Yeah, I mean, me personally, for, you know, looking at the endless spells, I think they're so out there. I think there's something we haven't seen before, and they're so unique that I, I don't feel I've got, you know, I really don't want to 
um, convert or do unique ones. I'm quite happy with them as they are. So I think they're awesome. I think they're unique. But yes, I definitely see people theming them to their army, um, particularly with color schemes. But we we can see the conversions. And they're the ones I'd like to see the most, I think, that Rob hints that kind of uses the model as it is and kind of adds these extra levels on rather than completely swapping something out and using it as something else, which is my general rule of thumb with a lot of things, I suppose. Um, So next we had a good friend, Rich Morley, um, it's kind of a bit more of a general question, not really AOS, AOS 2 focused. And he said, so the model's been painted, then you realize you've got no plans regarding basing, except that you don't want to let down the hard work paint job on the model you've already done. How do you approach basing? Um, I know, Ian, you you kind of have <laughs> difficulty. Well, not difficulty, but it's not. You, you have said it's not your strong point. So how do you kind of approach this aspect of basing when you've finished the model and you're like, shit, I've got to base it now? Yeah, it tends to, when I finish a model, I think about basing and I start painting another model. Um, just avoid it. I, just avoid it. I just avoid it. For, yeah, until the, until the army's done. Um, I just avoid basing generally and then base it all in one go at the end. Um, and all pretty much the entire time I'm painting the army, I'm thinking about how I'm going to do the basing. So it's kind of, it's rather... Um, I try to plan over the course of a couple of months or many months how I'm going to do the basin when I'm just doing something that I can, that's already I decided. Um, doesn't always work. Um, I still sometimes end up with a fully painted army and still no idea with the basin, but it seems to work okay. Fair enough. Yeah. So you I just think that, I fly by seat of your pants. Yeah. Well, I think actually thinking about it now, you've described it in that way. I think that's actually quite an efficient way of doing it, simply because you're the the time. Um, I mean, whereas you know, for if, if you're there planning an army beforehand, the time spent planning the base could be spent painting, and you can then spend the time whilst you're painting planning the base rather yeah. than spending that time beforehand. Do you see what I mean? So you can get painting straight away. And, you know, perhaps as the army develops, you, you know, you get different ideas. But, like, I, you know, I tend to have an idea going in with an army as to what I'm going to do with the base. However, sometimes, you know, new you know, new, th- new things will, you know, obviously we all joke about how long it, well, how, how, well, yeah, new stuff will come out. And, you know, the, the length of time that it takes to, to finish an army, you know, generally, especially with the releases the way that they are, I mean, you know, it was, it was uh, well much maligned on my part when I, I finished my uh, my sort of silver themed uh, order army and then two weeks later they come out with uh, the vines and the the all the sort of the leafy kits that GW did well, um, which you know I could have really done with beforehand and you know you don't really want to go back and, and sort of start fiddling with the bases and the models once you've once you've finished an army so yeah, I mean, there's merits in both ways. You know, you save time doing it Ian's way, but potentially, you know, you've got a better vision of, of what you want to complete if you if you know going in. Yep, I think it's valid. I mean, I, I tend to be uh, kind of a tester with bases, so I normally have an idea. I always tend to go for contrast with the bases. Um, so Zinch, for example, very bright, went for went for snow. Uh, Blood Angels in the past have done a very kind of dark red, so I've done a very light base. But I, I would just do tester bases, and I think that's the best thing to do. Just rather than stressing yourself out over it, get a couple of bases together, try out a different couple of bits and bobs, ask people their opinion. 
put the model on it, you know, just see how it goes. That's I think that's always the best way for me to get to, to try it out. Um, and as always, makeup brushes, if you do enjoy brushing, because they make a massive difference and they keep those highlights, you know, those dry brush highlights nice and soft and you can see all the layers. So those would be my tips, Rich. Um, then next up, we have at Rune Brush um, with the... Uh, with the possible introduction of realm-based armies in the new edition, um, how would you approach some each of the realms? So I don't know if you guys saw this, but it's talked about, and I don't know if it's going to be a malign, uh, I don't know if it's going to be the sorcery uh, expansion, but the idea of theming armies with magic items from certain realms. Um, so any kind of thoughts on that? You know, is there any army that you're like, oh, because I suppose, Rob, you've got a perfect example of it, but I don't know if there's any others. Yeah, um, I mean, you could... You know, I think it, you, you, if you want to include those um, sort of traits and, and magic items, then you, you sort of say this might not necessarily have to be playing in that realm, but you, you say, "Oh, my army, my army's from the army from the realm of fire or shadow or whatever." Um, I just think it gives you a more. You know, we see lava bases a lot of the time, don't we? We see um, sort of woodland bases and all, all the snow bases and. All, all the rest of it so i think it just gives people a, a bit more of a um specific way and you know and it could help with going back to the previous question about basing if you're doing an army list and there's a certain artifact that you like or that works well with your army and it's the realm of fire then well then that's your basing sorted isn't it do you know what i mean and then that then as you mentioned with contrast if you're going to do a bright basing then that you know could have a knock-on effect on how you paint your army. So it's almost like it's quite a cyclical thing, isn't it? You know, uh, where do you start? Do you start on the type of basing that you like the look of, or do you start on the scheme for the army, which will then influence the base, which will then influence your army choice, or do you start the army choice and think, well, I really like that artifact? So it really depends on those two questions kind of linking quite well with each other. It really depends on what matters to you the most does does it matter does the narrative of your army matter the most is it the competitive aspect and what synergizes best with the army that you that you want to run or is it the paint scheme of the army itself which will then influence those other things so i think it you know it, it does work well from you know from that standpoint and it gives you a bit more of a clear direction on on, on what your choices could be yeah i mean i see it very much from another kind of um you know notch in your area kind of thing um it, it's another way of theming your army which i think is always a good thing bringing unifying that color scheme you know if there is a cool artifact in there that you like the look of and you want to model it on your army then yeah you know that that is awesome um and you know and the idea well, i'll be interested to see how it kind of developed you know how much of an impact it can have on your army but i do like the idea of saying right this model is from you know my army comes from this realm bringing that you know i, I suppose it is the word narrative but kind of bringing that backstory into the game uh, to every game i think is always a always a good thing and reinforcing it with a rule or representation of something the same way the endless spells work i think that's that's very cool um and next up, we had uh, Christian, Christian Ware. He said he's, um, he's always amazed by pro painters uh, who shade in non-natural colours like uh, regular flesh uh, with a blue or purple shade under armpits, etc. 
any tips on doing those kind of effects would be great. Um, so on Twitter, we did get quite a few responses um, from one of the regulars on there. So I think definitely have a look at what he was saying. It's it's all it's all very very valid. Um, but I know Rob, this is something that you you play around with every now and again. Yeah, so I think um, obviously using different colours to to shade things is something that I've only really started um, to do, given the feedback that I've had from my my previous army and actually being a bit more technical with how I approach sort of colour schemes. But I think um, as far as sort of doing it with skin, you're probably your best bet are you two, because you've obviously Ian with his uh, with his Iron Jaws and Nurgle armies, and you with your your corn and your Zinch uh, armies using different sort of colours to pick out sort of skin effects and stuff it's probably best that you two tackle this one um i mean for me it's one of those things where um i mean uh, i'll use an example so gold um historically if i paint in gold i'll probably just wash it with a brown you know it's just that's natural gold it's a bit brownie let's go brown um nowadays i almost always wash with reichland flesh shade uh which is kind of a bit of a red uh, kind of fleshy red colour um, and I'll always have a glaze of purple in there as well and I think it is about kind of it's uh, I think what what you're looking at here is where everything isn't black and white that we look at you know there are shades and contrasts so another example is if you've got a massive great big grey block of granite on your base um, sure you can paint it grey you know start black dry brush it up um highlight you know dry brush up to white but it's still just gonna look it doesn't look right because it's not been affected by anything there's so many environmental conditions that will affect something that's you know just a flat black color even if you you know we're probably sat next to our pcs we've got our iphones yeah they're black but there's dust on them the lights hitting in different angles picking up reflections from things like that so the eye doesn't like it when something's very clean and very straightforward and also, you've, everything has this natural shade. You know, it's all about pigments and combinations of colours. So, I think a lot of the time is actually just experiment. You know, rather than going, okay, that's flesh, so I'm going to paint Cadian flesh and I'm going to wash it right on flesh shade. Um, you know, in the past, I've done Rakarth flesh for a pallid flesh and washed it purple. Try them out. You'll be surprised by the you know the different effect these combinations can have, and you can shade different colours with different colours. So if you've got a purple, then you can shade with a blue in a recess. You can do a nice dark blue, and it will naturally kind of when your eye looks at it, it kind of falls it slightly, and you can get some really cool effects. So particularly with this, I would say try out different combinations, or sometimes take take photos for reference of things in the real world and realise how many different hues there are in kind of normally just a flat, normal, straight color what about you in is this something you play around with uh yeah quite a lot actually um i've used um things like purple to shade green in the past yeah uh purple to shade red i've used incubi darkness to shade red um you can just experiment yeah it's quite um i think flesh is one of the more interesting things to do it on mm. actually going back to the original question i think purple works really well um, just to um, add definition on the sides and under armpits and that kind of thing. Yeah. Like quite, it kind of creates a, like a natural um, shading. It's not overwhelming if it's done like quite a thin glaze. Um, it's, it also gives if you change the the um, the colour of the glaze or wash on skin, it creates quite a different character. So you can if you do pale flesh with blue. Uh, glaze around the eyes it becomes more evil looking 
Um, so you can add the character of the model by changing what you shared with. So that's another thing to consider. Definitely. And I think um, a key word you've said there is um, maybe not focus on the shading so much for the glaze. So quite a thin, kind of a thin paint and just yeah. think you're tainting the colour. You know, you're just kind of pushing it towards a slightly different shade. I think that's a good way of looking at it. The, also, the other thing that I've picked up quite a few years ago is that if you do flesh, if you glaze it with red, um, if you... If it becomes too red, if you glaze over the top with green, it almost neutralises the red. And it's very, it's very strange once you see the before and after. Um, but the two colours almost um, cancel each other out, for one for a better phrase. Um, so it gets somewhere in the middle. There's neither green nor red. But it's quite a nice effect. So that's worth um, playing around with as well. So done quite thinly and with glazes. A literal yeah. pro tip? Mm. Yeah. Um, so next up, we had uh, uh, at Jacob Cave three. Any factions you're super keen on with the new summoning uh, stuff, both painting and gaming wise? So, um, is there anything you've seen that kind of you go, oh, I quite like the idea of that? I mean, Feck being an example, summoning you know uh, repeated new units on the board to help with this endless swarm kind of mentality. Anything that jumps out at you guys? Um, it's made me. Consider rebasing my graveguard and my okay. death army, right? Just because it's um, just seems more use- usable because they they're quite expensive, so I'd want to bring them back. Okay, Fair essentially. Enough. Fair enough. You just want to recycle your graveguard, um, Rob. Well, I, just, I think um, uh, I don't know if I've ever mentioned it, but I, quite, I always quite like the. Uh, the aspect of Mocomp where you had sideboards. Yes. I and, did too. I did too. And, and just having that ability to you know, take a, you know, just just, a, just as an excuse to paint a model that you might not sort of have in your initial army and, you know, just perhaps a unit that, you know, you don't have to paint a lot of, like a, I don't know, like a Herald of Zinch or something for my Zinch army or, or whatever. Um, just being able to have you know, those sort of different options and and sort of almost do like a, not a one of everything type thing, but you, you're not, um, you know, there's sometimes uh, units in an army that you might not normally take, but because the, the, the way that summoning has changed or perhaps even the rules have changed completely that you do and it, it just allows that, you know, that sort of that variation and just, you know, when you, when you are painting and putting together an army, you're not just sort of doing... 90 witch elves or whatever the case may be you know you, you you you've got more options to break the army up and have these different elements that you can that you can sort of have as well you know yeah for sure yeah i think i think it's really valid um and i mean i'm the same it is very very much about having that um that accessibility to new units so i have that with the zinch um so i mean they've always been in that kind of position anyway you know they can summon units of pink horrors on to contest an objective um i mean generally speaking things have been pretty one-sided because some units are better than others so you for example you don't see flame as much anymore um because they're overpriced compared to something like skyfires so yeah i'm interested to see how it all balances out because i, I do think summoning is very cool and i think early doors aos it was quite a key mechanic and it's is very much died down from there so 
I do welcome them bringing it back into the game as a core mechanic. But yeah, interested to see and slightly concerned with kind of how that's going to balance going forward as the Nurgle one, for example, seems particularly strong. Um, but that's quite cool for me because I've got my Cthurgle army and I've got the uh, Beast of Nurgle, which is the Mersh miniature models. I don't necessarily have to move in my list. I can just summon them on, which is yeah, which definitely appeals. Yeah. I think I think the point is, you know, it's just like you said there with the Flamers, it might not be an, an, a unit that you... You know that uh, that is particularly effect, efficient in the game or or whatever, but you never know what the situation might call for it when you're playing. Yeah. You know, it, it might not be something you think, oh, Chris, I can really do with, you know, some screamers because they're really fast and they can get to that objective. Um, you know, and, and it just means you can paint through. You know, you don't have to paint up a massive unit of them to mitigate the fact that they're not very good. You can just, you know, buy a box of them or, you know, if they come as, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that have got remnant, you know, there's bits of like start collecting boxes or sort of bundles that they bought online off people off eBay or whatever, that they've got a few random units that they perhaps, you know, have never found a, a place for in their army. But with this, you know, being able to paint up one unit of something and having it just there, just in case they need it, um, you know, just breaks the army up and the sort of the, the whole painting experience. Yeah. I mean, Screamers is an interesting example because that's a unit I have painted and I don't think I would ever summon them in a game of AOS at the moment. And the reason for that is because, um, you know, the speed's not an issue because you summon them in range they can't move. So that's just that, that way they work. And I'm not uh, uh, saying that for, for, for to kind of pick at what you're saying. But the thing is, the Screamers are one of those units where they just don't do anything. You know, literally, like honestly, well, it was, it's but, a bad example. No, but no, no, it's not. It's not a point. bad example. It's, it's a good example of why summoning's good. But until they balance out the units, like screamers, for example, which I'd love for people to be using screamers and running around the board, but they're just one of those units where they don't achieve anything in game. It's like when um, Russ Veal on the on the face hammer he talks about uh, game mechanics and he he hates it where you, something you do loads, you roll loads of dice, and the result is just hardly effective or minimal so you know you don't want units of blood reavers having 40 attacks each with no rend you know you may why why don't you just give them minus two or three rend actually have the effect of making them better rather than chucking more more quantity of dice at something the screamers are the same you know you're talking about units of four attacks each fours and threes and they just do fuck all you know it's i yeah. don't, don't see what they're there for you pay the extra 60 points and you put some enlightened on and they're good um and not just good, good in the game, but they actually do something. I think a lot of the time with rules, it's hard for people to, and that's why I find it hard as the hobbyist, you know, kind of the hobbyist in the game of fighting. I can definitely take units that ultimately are weaker than others, but I hate units that don't do anything. Yeah. Okay, I'm just pushing a model around a board and it doesn't do anything. Same with the Dark Oath War Queen. Just, just in normal games, um, just achieves nothing. You know, it might do one or two damage every now and again. So that that for me is kind of my my thoughts on that. Anyway, we're talking about summoning. Um, next one from Zaren Zod. Fleshing out the realms. AOS one was about flying rocks and art deco. What will AOS two be terrain wise? Inverted pyramids and art nouveau. Um, I think the answer to that question is yes. Um, I think we're going to have a much more sinister. Uh, approach to everything you can see that in the ethos that's coming across in the art um i think the simple answer to that one's yes what about you guys do you think we feel like it's changed i think so i think it might be more um moving away from the stormcast so it might be moving the scenery might be moving towards other factions hopefully mm. um i'd like to see more elven stuff 
that'd be my um, my if I had to pick something, I'd like more elf um, <laughs> scenery. More elf yeah, with think, your think, iOS. Yeah. Yeah, I know you're saying it's all Ophidian archways and realm gates and numerous rooms, wasn't it, when it launched? And that, that sort of it seemed that that was all that there sort of was to to it um, as far as what GW are producing obviously there's terrain out there that you can use but as far as the overall aesthetic I think uh, they're bringing in a lot more um, just with simple things like having that's not really silly but having like treasure chests yes. with books in them do you know what I mean it means that there's people out there making books you know there's a dude out there somewhere in his workshop binding books somewhere do you know what I mean and that's yeah. a, there's, there's, there's a sort of like evidence of civilization do you know what I mean rather than just um, ruins yeah. everywhere so I, I think the, the, as time goes on hopefully they'll you know and that, that would be the good thing with the the big new core book they you know they've made a big thing haven't they and it was it was there today saying that there's um, you know a, a guide to the realms and even even if you're completely up to speed in all the narrative stuff that they've they've released so far that there's there's going to be new stuff even for people that have you know know, know the narrative back to front already so uh, it'd be very interesting to see that and hopefully like you said that they, they'll support that with with the releases as they go on there's no reason to suggest that they that they wouldn't so yeah hopefully we'll, we'll start getting you know it'd be nice to have like sort of settlement terrain you know where you've got stuff where it's not just you know ruins it's, it's like current buildings and things sure and you know stuff that's a bit more lived in I guess I'd quite like more scenery, like the Gloom Tide shipwreck as well. Just kind of the add-on to when an army's released. Yeah, I something th- that's that'd be quite nice as well. Just all random characterful little bits and bobs. Sure. Yeah, it's all about bringing that, you know, bringing the bringing the army to the tabletop, not just in the sense of the miniatures. I, I agree. I think it, it's like with the Nurgle with the, with the trees. It does add that layer yeah. of narrative to it. It feels, you know, it's, it's very cool. I do, I do think you'll see, I do think you'll see that going forward as well. You know, they, they mentioned all these sort of etheric vortexes and bits and bobs, and there. I think you'll probably see a, you, you'll see more and more that you'll have these little terrain sort of features come out with armies, which would be cool. Yep, yeah, hundred percent. Um, so we'll, we'll go on to Benjamin Crowther. Um, any weird, unconventional paints that you use? I have some craft store red paints that are a bit transparent. Great for highlighting. Uh, my answer is no. I'm very much a GW Scale 75 army painter, washer, wanker. So uh, either of you two, do you use any unconventional paints? Um, not a lot. The usual suspects, I suppose, the Tamiya Clears. Um, played one of those for um, blood effects and... Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, um, but yeah, I do use that. Um, I tried the greens and the yellow and blue as well for different things. Yeah. Um, just to play around with them. Um, apart from that, not, nothing springs to mind. Mainly GW. Um, yeah. Straight out the pot. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Rob? If uh, anyone's going to be weird with paints, I think it might be you. No, no. Um, no. I. Uh, Going on the sort of Tamiya thing is a bit of a bit of a, a side step, but um, recommended to me by Byron at the last Face Hammer. Um, if you if you are using airbrushes, Tamiya thinner, um, which I guess is a is a is a thing. It's a more for their because their paints aren't water based, although they're, they're acrylic. They're they're not 
they're, water, they're not water-based paints, so you can't fill them down with water. You need to have a specific yeah, I think, filler. Yeah, I think they're um, isopropanol-based. Yeah. So you, so you need something non-alcoholic. Yeah, so um, I'd imagine but, cheap gin works. Yeah. Um, but the thing... It's it's amazing. It's 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 the best thinner for airbrushes. It's absolutely amazing. Then if you're not well. using, it's, it's it's bonkers. But one thing, and going back to what I've been doing, sort of the hobby that I've been doing really, it it um it thins down retributive gold perfectly. It's okay. amazing, and for for painting on. Obviously, retributive gold sort of works a little bit differently. To it's got that. I don't know if it's it's not straight up water based like the other paints, is it? It's a it's a little bit different, and uh, yeah, the tamiya thinner just just means you, you can. It's like a lot of metal paints are quite hard to glaze with, um, and do sort of really thin layers with. And I found that that worked really well with um, with doing the metallics that I've been doing, and um, thins down the gloss shades as well quite well, so, so you can glaze with them. Well, because you can't the, the the gloss the way that the gloss shades work they they they're very um ian will probably know the word but they the the surface tension on them isn't is completely different to the normal ones which means it runs which, which why it runs into the recesses um but because they're like quite higher pigment they're quite good for glazing um but the 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 alcohol or the thinner tamia thinner stuff thins it down to the point where you can actually glaze with the gloss washes um, which helped me with the uh, metallic stuff that I've been doing. Awesome. That's a nice little tip. I like that. Um, yeah. Then we had Carl Chamberlain, my XGW manager. Have you got any plans for new armies for AOS or just revamping current ones? So I think we have covered that a bit. Um, I'll be continuing with my Zinch. Um, I'm doing the Stormcasts. Um, Ian's slightly interested in getting his death back out. Rob's working on his Chaos, excited about Sigvold. Anything you guys want to add to that? And continuation with the daughters of Cain. That is a Cain. Yeah. yeah, I think it just depends on how the points shake up. I'm going to probably change I, I, uh, the, the Zinch army, the, the, all the Zinch sort of contingent that I'll be working alongside Bellacor. I'm still going to keep uh, the Kairos sort of, or the Egrim Van Horseman proxy that I'll be using for Kairos. But then the rest of it, just, I, I, you know, I've, I've got the rest of the models for the old list that I brought out and. I'd imagine the Skyfires might go up in points, but they said Arkham's going to come down, so hopefully yeah. that balances out. I'd be quite interested to see what they do with Pink Horrors, though. Uh, I think you mentioned it, Matt, on, on the group, um, that, that they might just make it so that like Pink Horrors cost quite a bit more, but you will automatically get the Blue Horrors and the Brimstones in on the price. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, uh, so that you know, depends. Just, I don't think it will it will change massively from the sort of direction the army's going, um, but depending on how the the points shake out. Brilliant. Um, we're going to finish up with a double-barreled kind of question here. So we've got at Tim Nerd. Uh, he had two questions, which I've hinted at. Um, we're going to kind of roll another one into this as well. Um, so, which realm are you most excited about painting and modelling into a model? Um, so for me. Uh, my personally, I've always I always liked the idea of uh, the realm of metal, shaman. Metal, shaman, shaman. Um, so I'd be interested to see what artifacts they get, but I'd be quite 
up for modeling something onto one of my zinch models that kind of come from that um i kind of got the mirrors on my bases so it's kind of got that metallic look so i could maybe I, oh, actually that'd be really cool you can get those like really small like metallic cubes not like think magnets but little like really shiny ones i could put them on can make like little things out of those that'd be quite cool so for me metal and realm of sh uh, a bit of shaman so that that'll be me either, either of you two can you think of a, a realm that appeals um death probably I, that's Haish, right um, because, um i'd like to paint some purple um <laughs> purple death. i think um i think yeah purple purple clothes pale skin skulls on the bases yeah, Float, straightforward. Floating, floating through scenery. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, think so. Sounds good, man. I think shadow for me. Um, you know, when, if, if they, uh, as and when they, they do the Malarian elves, um, yeah, all kind of, I had an idea for, uh, an old idea for Eldar Corsairs that Forge World did. Yeah. Um, I remember, remember sort of going through the concept with, uh, with Ian, and it was actually before about a year before they released the Mistweaver, but it was to have uh, like a shadow, a shadow seer, almost apparating out of the warp. So sort of having the front end of the model. It's a similar what we've done with Death, but have it with like standard models. So have like you know the the front end of the body fully apparated, and then have the sort of back end of the model sort of wisping away into smoke. Um, and sort of do you know, do something like that? I think that would be quite cool. Yeah. You know, there'd be loads of sort of different bits and bobs you could do that. But again, I, don't, I wouldn't want to go and do anything with it and then, then release a complete range of models that are, you know, depending on the theme. Do you know what I mean? Depends on how the, the models shake out and and work out. But yeah, it's uh, that or, or maybe death. But the the old uh, Dracula Untold sort of idea army that I had. Yeah. Um, but they need to make loads of. They need to make. A, they need to update their their plastic bats. So I'd need a. <laughs> you can't use need. the old like Hero Quest era. No, then. can you imagine that <laughs> with that? But uh, uh, just having you know that with. Um, I was thinking about looking. Uh, cause I was looking at some of the the Nurgle models. They do you know they've got a lot of them with like the flies. Yeah. But then converting each of the flies to like little Get bats. Um, but then that would be just. That would, mental. I, I, yeah, that'd be mental. So, if they release a, a it all depend. That idea for the, the the vampire army would um would have to it would hinge on them releasing a decent amount of plastic bats, which I can't seem to do. Brilliant. Well, um, don't stop talking too much, Rob, because the next uh, questions we're going to roll oh. together is going to be your kind of area. So, Tim's also okay. ask more of a painting topic, color theory. Do you use it much? And if you do, do you stick to a certain method of selection, triads, complementary, etc.? Uh, Tim Fisher has also said, how cool is the awesome new Paint Picker app on iOS? Um, I'll quickly jump in saying I don't use the Paint Picker app on iOS. Um, I don't use color theory. I'm very much a visual painter. Um, I just kind of paint with my gut. Um, Ian, you're a box art wanker, so you don't tend to do much of this anyway? Would that uh, no, I've seen the color picker. Um, but I haven't used it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm more. I don't deliberately use color theory, but I probably do through experience. Yeah, same. I think that's that um, tends to be the case with a lot of painters. We know what colors so, yeah. work. Yeah, um, rather than deliberately thinking about it. Yeah. 
that makes sense with the and he yeah no I think that's valid same as me um, and Rob being our deep thinker what have you yeah. got to say well punch mention that um, yeah I, I think partly um, I think probably the reason why uh, something like this is in two parts kind of uh, appeals to, to me is A I've only ever painted one full army the, the, the 20 odd years in and out that I've been in the hobby I've only finished one army and that was like eight months ago um, so I don't have the experience of you know working my way through I've all, you know in, in the past it's always been know um sort of like a box art thing you know uh, marines and, and whatnot they've got quite a standard paint scheme you know a space wolf is the color of a space wolf and you know, even with stuff like the 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 phoenixes that i did which are probably the the first fully painted fantasy stuff that i did you know their color schemes are very you know preset um and i think you know obviously stuff with like the dryads they they are what they are and all the rest of it but a lot of feedback that i had from that army uh, that i took on board was was the color selection that a lot of the colors that i used although um you know i like to think it is half decently painted i think the, the the color selection kind of let it down a little bit as far as not having enough contrast in there sure and um you know taking a lot of feedback from yourself from the guys you know Ian, you know a lot of the sort of um, feedback from a lot of the judges at the events I've taken to Russ and the Facehammer guys and uh, Chris and um, the guys at South Coast as well, you know, about sort of taking that kind of stuff on board. So it was really, um, you know, looking to, looking to, you know, whatever I could find out there that would help me with this. And obviously with the, the color wheel um, kind of color theory stuff, I started looking into because it was something that, you know, uh, Russ uh, really recommended that I, I, I look look at. Um, the, other, the other thing being as well, a lot of the, um, especially with a lot of the conversions I do, although they're based on certain models, there's no reference for them a lot of the time. <laughs> they're, you know, they're like obviously Bellacore is Bellacore, and, and that's why I've tried using, you know, taking hints from the Archeon model and, and with Egrim, he's, he's going to be painted in Kairos's color scheme, basically. Um, but using these, this color wheel and especially the paint picker app, which, um, I had used an online thing, which I th- it was an Adobe one. Um, so it, very similar. Um, but this paint picker app, obviously you can choose, um, to, you can, there's a little sort of filter on the side and you can tick, you know, Citadel paints, Vallejo, army painter and it will come up with all the suggestions that relate as close to those uh, colors as possible with, with the different paints and if you actually look at it as well um obviously with comp everyone knows what a complementary color is and triadic which is if if, uh, if you imagine a complementary color it's it's the color that sits opposite on the color wheel um so obviously you've got yellows and blues yeah. uh, sorry blues and oranges um, yellows and purples, greens and reds, for example. Triadic is, is if you imagine drawing a triangle on a color wheel, um, uh, it's three colors. And then uh, triadic, I think, is, the, is how you pronounce the, the where it's four. So it's like a square on the color wheel. So basically two sets of complementary colors um, now, or contrasting colors, rather. Now, it's really interesting. Um, if you 
playing around if people do struggle with color theory or, or, or coming up with color schemes is actually look at um go to a, uh, find a gw model that you like the look of um and in my case i did it with uh araman uh the thousand suns character the sorcerer on the disc i thought well okay well he's a he's the main sort of thousand zinch sorcerer in 40k i'll perhaps look for inspiration on how to do Ian Grimm based on him and if you take one spot, one colour from that model, put it into the paint picker, and you see the sort of the, the three other colours that complement that colour, they're actually pretty much identical to the colours that GW use on. You can see those colours in the model, so it's quite it's quite a good tool to learn in that way. So that's cool. If you look, that you pick so up on you, that. yeah. So like the the I don't know if you if you're familiar with the, the with Araman's model, but his lower cape. Is like um, the the base colours uh, the the pink horror like the deep pink. Yeah. Um, okay. So if you yeah. if if you if you select that, then the complementary the the three colours that complement that are, I'm going to get this wrong now. But the cyberite like a cyberite green colour like a like that kind of that sort of um, we know the colour it's like the jade kind of green. Yes. Um, uh, blue. So like a royal blue, and then like um, like an Avalon sunset kind of yellow, like a deep yellow. Um, and if you look on the Aramon model, his arm is blue. The um, the, Ar- the Avalon sunset is represented in gold because you can switch it to metallics to work. So it's the gold trim on the armor. All right. And then in in his hand, he's got he's got like a warp flame that's painted in the cyberite green color. So if you look at that, you know, if you look at the color wheel. Then it's that it's that's how it's done. So you could probably go to most GW models, pick a colour on one of the models, and use the paint picker to do it with, and you'd, you'll see. And you, it's quite a fun exercise if you do struggle with 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 colours and stuff like that to actually look at your favourite model and think, ah, actually, that's how they've worked. And you might th- and one of the th- three colours or four colours might just be like a a lens or a, how they've done the gems. You know, it doesn't have to be the colour they've done the cloak. It doesn't have to be a big element on the model. It can be something really small, but because it harmonizes the whole model, just that one spot color, that's why it works. So it's actually quite a interesting thing. And funnily enough, the the four colors um, that are on Araman are the four spot are the four main colors that are used for Kairos, but just balanced differently. So like and, and slightly different hues. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's uh, it's very. You know, and, and you might think, oh well, well where's where's the side bright green on Kairos? Well, actually, some of his wings wingtips are highlighted in that colour. So okay, that's cool. you know, it doesn't have to be a massive element in the figure no. to get that so colour balance. Basically, but, a spot colour as well sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it can be something like I said, something as small as just an edge highlight here, or a, a gemstone there, or even like the colour of the eyes, or or something, that, or some maybe even something on the base. Going back to what we said about basing. Um, you know, one of the four colours that you think of, you know, if there's a green in there, then do the base green. You know, if the majority of the rest of the colours of uh, the colours of your army are like a reddy or a pink or a blue, and you know that you've got those other harmonising colours in there, then you, you can feel quite confident that actually that colour will work alongside it. So, yeah, have, have a, I'd suggest, you know, people that are struggling, have a bit of a play with it. It's certainly what I did. And it, it, it's just people thinking different ways. Obviously, you guys have got loads of experience and you probably automatically do it. 
Um, but if you're just starting out or if you're starting on a new project, perhaps just to get that understanding of thinking, oh, okay, well, that's how it works. And then you can take that then and run with it, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, interesting comments there, to be honest, on kind of the colour side of things. And I was kind of thinking while you were talking, there's a lot of stuff that I just kind of take take for granted and don't really think through it. So it was almost yeah. like a Byron-esque conversation. So that's awesome. Well, to, 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 to be honest, mate, most of it, um, Max tells me at night when I when we're, when we're tucked up having our cocoa. Um, <laughs> but uh, in joke lols. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's, I, I, I found it really, it's quite interesting. It gives you a bit more like confidence tackling projects, you know? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Awesome. Well, on that confidence booster, I think we'll uh, I think we'll call it there. So, um, yeah, th- thanks for that. Cheers for the listener questions again. Um, obviously, we're all super psyched for AOS 2, and there'll be a lot more content coming from us. Um, next episode will be a hobby chat. I have no idea who that's going to be with, if I'm entirely honest. Um, so if you are listening and you want to be included, drop us a, a quick DM. Um, and also, just wanted to quickly mention that um, next month or so, Pro Painted Studios will be um, will be released, which will be my little business um, providing gaming aids, tokens, all, all those usual shenanigans for you know people who are playing AOS. So keep your eyes open for that. Um, so yeah, thanks again. Cheers for coming on, lads. No problem, lad. And um, yeah, we'll see who's on for the next episode. And bye from me. Bye. Bye.
Still the same. 